0: She ends up having to like, um, stop out, uh, step it out, step, step it, um, your, your fire of uh, the step a fire out of the house or something like that. There's like things that are like burning in her. It's it's a lot going on already in her. I brain. don't even know what
1: you're talking about. What are you talking? It's okay.
0: About right I don't know. I'm on mushrooms.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, Disco Citizens, the podcast where
0: gorehounds and best friends Terry Gamble and Julia Marchesi. Break down a different horror movie each week, exploring a multitude of genres, subgenres, and sub-subgenres. Classic and cult, international and underground flicks alike. Determining which films are the goriest, and offering up horror movie survival guide tips to, to help you stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did it for me, Julia. You did this one for me. I Hi, guys. Did it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and I have my beautiful, wonderful co-host, who has sacrificed herself like a person in a bear in the middle <laughs> of a freaking pagan cult in the middle <laughs>
1: of nowhere. Just like that. I am Julia, and hello, Disco <laughs> Citizens. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. For this week, we are talking about 2019's Midsommar. Uh, the title, title of this episode is Ignore the Bear. The tagline for this movie is Let the Festivities Begin which is, I feel fair, a, a good tagline, good tagline. You were short, sweet, to the point. You're not going to be flamboyant on the tagline. You're Ari Aster, written and directed by this
0: gentleman. Uh, so. I mean, when you see A24, you know it's going to go hard, like I think right away, right? And it's also yeah. Ari Aster who's already punished us with hereditary and of most beautiful fucking culty, culty, folk horror. I am so happy and I'm so sorry Julia is not as happy as I am. This is not her, her bag, but this is okay. my shit. Thank you so much. We've had this movie recommended to us multiple times over the years. Probably uh, the number one pe- one that people recommend yes, ask us to do. Ab- absolutely. Um,
1: and there is a reason that we haven't done it for a very long time. Um, and this when is what let, Julia. Like, oh yeah. Cause this episode is going to be a very, you saw a different movie than I saw and I'm excited to talk to you about that. But yeah, um, uh, when i saw hereditary I, I was like i never want to watch that movie again that movie is brilliant and it has some of the best performances i've ever seen and I, it made me feel terrible we talk about it we had a, a crossover episode with three black halflings where i did watch it again and tried to look at it with a more kind of distanced uh, technical eye which kind of didn't work but again the midsummer so i saw midsummer uh the first time i uh, was over i was uh with my uh friend dennis christopher and he was like hey let's watch this movie and i was like hmm you know, I saw the movie made by this director, Hereditary, it was really brutal, and I don't know if I want to watch something like that. He's like, no, no, no it'll be fine. So we started it, and we got five minutes in, and, and he paused it, and I was like, yeah, it's not going to get better, man. And he was like, Ugh. So I toughed it out, um, but I... I was like, I don't want to ever, ever watch it again. And and the, it's a hard part for me as a, as a cinephile to get over because he's such Arias, is such an incredible director. And I recognize all of that and all the performances are incredible. I see how much he does. I love that he plays with a horror movie in broad daylight when it's very beautiful. Like, I get all of it. I really do. And I really wish that I could be on the train that everybody else is on. But I can attest to you um terry we, we went and saw this together at the secret movie club and she was sitting next to me and i will i will give a congratulations to ari aster because i don't think any other movie has ever made me actually physically tremble and sob at the same time well done ari aster i i think that's the effect he was going
0: for and he fucking got it but that was I not, think that's it's not because, a good feeling i think it's because you love your family so much that you see what happens at the beginning of this film as the ultimate abomination because you love, have such a strong bond with your family that you would never c- conceive of this. Yeah. And you think that this is the biggest abomination. Yeah. So I think that's why this hits you so hard. Cause I was like, I didn't understand. Honestly, I was like, what's the big deal? We have watched literally people be dismembered from the pits of hell yeah. and back. Do you know what I mean though? And because this seems real-ish, the the, the reality of what he's doing in this film, because it could really absolutely happen. It's not a demon from hell. It is real people doing terrible things at the beginning of this film that I think that hits you so hard because you also don't like war gore or things that feel real. You are more into the fantastical and when we get into horror and stuff like that when we're dealing with ghosts and witches like that's your jam you love that kind of shit but also you strangely really love Texas Chainsaw Massacre which I feel right. like also falls in kind of that weird uncanny reality piece too because it is derived from a real life killer Ed Gein um right. so I don't yeah. know what I it is know. for you but I think it's really because you're so close to your family and you. okay can't I, w- I it. will say yes definitely this opening sequence which we'll get to is the is the problem the thing the part I have the problem with um but I I Cause I just didn't get. It. I was like, "What?" I you built it up in your mind to me that it was like the worst thing you've ever seen, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay," literally washed over me, and I was like, "Okay, get me to the cult, yeah, like get right. me to the fucked up shit." Cause this did it was not fucked up for me. Okay, it did not affect me in any way, shape, or form other than seeing you be very sad sitting next to me in the theater, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Julia's having the most visceral reaction I've ever seen her have in my life for a film.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know, and that's the thing about it is that when we when we did Hereditary. I really was like, okay, what is it about these movies that bother me? Cause it is it the sound design? Is it the camera work? Is it, you know, what is it specifically? And I I can't tell. Like why are the these family. movies I don't maybe and I know that they're both kind of, you know, talking about grief and that kind of thing, but there's plenty of movies about families. There's plenty of about grief, but there's something about and and I, I you know, this is this is what he wants, right? He wants you to feel this way about his movies, and I say thank you for having that intention but it makes me feel fucking miserable and i don't like them and i'm sorry guys i will never watch midsummer again this was the second and last time i thought it was gonna be the first and last but i love terry gamble so much and i love you listeners so much that you're like let's do this episode and i fucking did it so huzzah
0: i love you too and do you love that the sister that kills her family is named terry because Aww. here we are, oh, you did it for Terry. Um, so um, we have this beautiful film and um, we just did Wicker Man last week and we actually watched Wicker Man and The Midsummer, um as a double feature at the Secret Movie Club Downtown LA, which was phenomenal on the screen, to be in a crowd with people um, to watch these films. I'm so glad we did that, honestly, because I think that it was better than us watching it at my house or anything like that. Too. Sure.
1: We did get those, that, that, those noises of joyous disgust, which are my favorite noises to watch horror movies, people with that weird Pennywise feeding on fear kind of deal. Um, and as Ari her, you know, everything is meticulously plotted out. We open on a tapestry of seasons that will of course be the entire film. There it is, folks. That's what you're going to see.
0: I love him so much because he literally is like, I'm going to put it in plain sight. This is about what's going to happen. And if you are at home and you want to pause this shit, I actually bought this movie like a couple years ago on like my iTunes or whatever. And I've started it like multiple times to start it, but I assume the tapestry. I'm like, okay, I have to stop because I knew eventually we were going to cover it for this uh, podcast one day. I knew it would happen. Um, So I can go back and just pause and watch it again. And I'm very excited to do that. But just beautiful. I just love it. He's like, here it is. This is the plot of the movie. And it's like a lot of those great films where you see the beginning, like the end, you know, of a horror movie at the beginning, you know, so, you know, like, OK, that's how far we're going to go, like in May right. or something like that. Um, and it gives it to you. It, but it's gorgeous, which mm-hmm. is what I love. I was like, oh, it's so pretty. I would put that like quilt on my bed. You know, it's like something you would buy in your tourist, you know, like going to like one sure. of these countries. I mean, you know, Everything comes back this. with that quilt. Like stunning. stunning, and I'm stunning. sure that we
1: could go online and probably buy that tapestry right now if we wanted oh, to. I'm sure someone's seen has it, it
0: online. Yeah, no, it is, it's okay. available. Yeah, uh, so we have
1: uh Florence Pugh, enough Again, this is the first time I had ever seen her in anything, and her performance is a hundred and thousand amazingness. What this an is actress! The, because I feel like as much yeah. as I don't like watching Hereditary. Of course, Tony Collette's incredible, but I think Alex Wolf is one of the best performances I've ever seen on film, period. I feel the same way about her in this film. It's like, it's one of the best performances I've ever seen. I like that I've seen it to see this performance but that's all. So, and it's really that's what kills me in this. So, the the things that bother me about this opening number. So, visibly is like a you have her sister who we know that is is mentally unstable. So she gets an email that says, "I can't take it anymore. Everything is black. Mom and dad are coming too. Goodbye." So, it's the fact that so we we find out when her her sister has uh, carbon monoxide. The family so. She could have just carbon monoxide them all in the same room, and they all would have died and it all because her parents look asleep, right her parents mm-hmm. look fine the f- it's the fact that she fucking has a hose from directly from the car into her mouth that is the most. You have to hate yourself so much to do something so horrible like that. And for Danny to know, they would have told her like what happened and what, you know. So it's 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 something where you're cutting from this horror. And it's one of those things in horror movies, like I had never conceived of that ever in my life. To think of something so awful to do to yourself, I never crossed my mind. So like the, the horror of that backed with Florence Pugh's performance of finding out and sobbing on the couch, which I never want to see that like just those whatever 30 seconds or whatever that is I'm like never want to watch that I'm sorry it's in my brain it's horrible it just kills me
0: so I'm so sorry that, that movies, lives in you like that the re- yeah the rest yeah. of the movie's
1: fine it's just that I'm like
0: Mm-mm, nope so, so yeah so, so yeah so that's what happened at the beginning so um she's dealing with extreme grief so her whole family is dead now um so she is a woman who's basically from the beginning of the film kind of broken in that in her spirit. Um, because she's dealing with some of the most Im- un, like, imaginable grief. She also has that um, survivor's remorse going on, too, of just, like, what could I have done? I should have been, you know, closer with my sister. I should have been more helpful. There's all those things that kind of go through your mind when someone takes their own life that I think a lot of us have had to contend with if we've had any friends or family. I feel like I know I've had a few friends, you know, who have over the course of my lifetime who've chosen this way out, and it's really sad, and it's very scary, and it's very hard, and you do question a lot about yourself when you go through this. Um. And so, um, she wants to, um, she ends up clinging a lot to her boyfriend through this time who feels like she's clinging maybe a little too hard. Her boyfriend, um, uh, Christian, who is this, you know, handsome hunk style guy, very rugged looking, hot, uh, gentleman played by, uh, Jack Rayner. Um, I don't feel like she's clinging too hard. I feel like he's just she's not, not receptive. He's made it in his mind that she's clinging too hard, but she's literally a woman going through a world of grief. Yeah. Anyone who had ready. a heart
1: would you know give her comfort and give you know and he you know because the, the scene that I mentioned where she because we get a shot of him with his friends and they say that he's been thinking about breaking up with her for over a year and they want him to do it like now and he was kind of about to and then this happened and this look of this blankness where he realizes now he's stuck with her for law for for you know forever it really like he can't get out now like he couldn't do that to her so he he had this feeling where he feels like he's been stuck with her for a long time and now there's really no way out.
0: Yeah. And so and but his friends have been egging him on and trying to like so I feel like that's also been kind of poisoning the well, so to speak, because sometimes it's like it probably would have been an OK match. It probably was OK, just OK, at least. But like when your friends also don't approve of the relationship or they feel like this is going on. And we realize probably later on that maybe uh, uh, Pele, their other friend of Wilhelm Blumgreen is probably part of this problem, too. And poisoning the well, maybe there's something greater afoot happening that is making this relationship have this kind of tension so um i'm not sure if it's you know real or if it's imagined in his mind but it is difficult you know when your your partner's going through something like this and your friends are not helping um and so um the guys are planning a boy's trip and eventually she gets wind of it that they're going to be going on this trip because he keeps it from her Mm-hmm. he doesn't tell her and she learns at a party secondhand someone else
1: asks him about it so now she's like uh why did you keep this a secret and he gives the kind of I didn't think it was a big deal and so then he the next time he sees the boys drops on them the very last second is about she's walking in the room oh by the way I invited her I'm like wait what like you've just thrown his his friends under the bus and now they have to act excited about it which no one is except maybe Pele
0: and it's kind of like at the party, like how it was with him when she found out. It's a similar vibe where it's like waiting to the last minute, like all this like kind of secrecy thing. So it's just like you can tell these guys are not super forthright with each other when it counts. And it's just like their relationships already seem to be a little bit severed, too. It's like when you go on these guys trips sometimes, too, where you're just like we're all going to go. But you can already tell I feel like every girl's trip or guy's trip. It's always a test of friendship (laughs) in certain ways when you travel together, because everyone's kind of Of like your idiosyncrasies kind of pop out. There are certain people who don't handle travel well when they stress. Like, I've definitely seen that where like I had a great friend group. We don't travel together anymore because some shit went down on one of our trips. You know, like shit does happen, um, you know, when you are tested like that.
1: Of course. And, you know, in in films like this, like I'm thinking about the ritual, right, where you have these friend groups that we're going to see splinter, of course, and you have to show that kind of already in the works in the beginning. But it's one of those friends group in movies that I don't get why these people are friends. Like I understand together. That's why. Sure, sure. But I okay, because I understand Pele's motivation, right? He wants to Mm -hmm. find people who are kind of assholes, right? Like he just he knows they're going to die. So he's going to go ahead and like get rid of them. So he he makes sense. The rest of them, they don't seem that they like each other at all. It's grad school. It's school.
0: I can attest. I there are people in. My, I was not friends with assholes in school, and I would. There's only 18 people in my program. We were together 24 seven in Russia, Oof. in a dorm. Yikes! Having to go to every class together, walking to school together, doing shows together, together from seven in the morning at least in class, sometimes from walking till 10 o'clock at night after doing a show. Some of those people I will attest are not friends anymore (laughs) because it is that much of a pressure cooker. When you are in certain programs like that, you do not have a choice. You have to work together. You're doing stuff together. Those happen to be the people you spend time with. Sometimes after graduation, you hang out. Sometimes you just don't because you went through war together. I feel like it's that vibe. I related a little too hard maybe to that experience. I was like, yep, my undergrad program was 49 people. By the time we graduated, I think it was 37 again classes from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. doing shows, also sometimes doing after parties and also doing late night rehearsals for UCLA underground shows. We were also like that. There's some people that I know are still friends and there's some people that are not because you were just in that together. So when you're in a program, depending on the type of school you're going to, you don't necessarily have a lot of options to who you're going to hang out with if you're like the five people studying the same weird thing.
1: I gotcha. But you don't have to travel with those people either.
0: But they all have an interest in this weird folk thing because they're all in the same type of program. So they all kind of have an underlying thing of like, why would you not want to go to Sweden? A, I kind of want to go. Why would you not want to go see this weird like community that sounds amazing? Because Pele has sold the shit out of it to them. So yeah, they're going to go. Yeah, I mean, I would go. Right, he's like talking about nine t- nine days of pageantry, this
1: big May Day celebration. It's like theater. He says, you know, everybody loves that. You, li- you know, he lives in a he lives in a commune, and yodeling so- farm. There's
0: yodeling. There's like people. You know,
1: he's, they're hearing all about it. I mean, he's cute and he's selling it. I would probably go too. But he is the only one who's he tells Danny that he's happy that she's coming, and he's the only one who seems to ha- seems to have any sort of humanity or kindness towards her. Uh, Josh and Mark who uh, do not William Jackson Harper. And Mo Porter are not fans of hers, which you can tell because I feel like, oh man, what a so anyway. They immediately get there. They are at the ha- Helsingland, Sweden, the Harga commune, uh, where they get there. It looks idyllic. They are there with Connie and Simon, who are two other students. I just
0: love the mirror shot right before they do this when she's like in that room. Anyway, cinematography in this movie is incredible. Sorry, yes moving forward sorry i just love that shot and when he when they, when they reveal that they're going to all go together on this trip but yes we're here yes so we get mm-hmm. to the commune and it looks uh
1: ridiculously beautiful I and mean, every single shot in this it lo- makes it look idyllic and they immediately pressure her into doing mushrooms right when she gets there i was like oh she she wants to hold off but then it's a peer pressure thing because i'm like well if you take it later then our trips will be off it has to be all the same so it is that thing and i even though christian's a, a dick and pressuring her that way also i feel like in any situation you'd be like oh okay i guess we just got here and like everybody's doing this in sweden and we're in a different world and it's fine so they do it and she seems to be okay she's seeing a, a lot of connection with nature she sees grass growing through her limbs and whatnot and she's okay until she hears someone say the word family and then she freaks and runs and you're like ooh, remembering that on mushrooms sounds horrendous
0: yeah. And they've already gone through, like, it was like a four hour drive to get to the commune. So like, it's not like they're like fresh as daisies after, you know, flying to Sweden, um, from America and then, you know, going on a four hour drive. And so she's like probably exhausted as well. She's been grieving heavily and just crying a lot already. So then to have that whole world kind of turns upside down, literally while she, that's what she sees and feels, um, while she's on this, on these drugs as well. And so, um, it's just a really intense thing, but um, it's interesting too because when they're coming back, all these kids are also la- arriving with their friends, you know, um, along with their friend Pele. They all—it's like a rumspringa kind of thing where like all the kids from the commune are back, and so um, his brother Ingmar, uh, Pele's brother, um, you know, is there, and he's kind of adorable as well too. And they're just cute; these cute Swedish guys are so sweet. So you take the tea, and then you freak out, and um, she, you know, goes and runs away from the group, and. Um she ends up having to like um stop out uh step it out, step step it um your your fire of uh, the step a fire out of the house or something like that. There's like things that are like burning in her it's it's a lot going on already in her body. I brain. don't even know what you're talking
1: about. What are you talking it's about? It's okay.
0: Right I don't know. I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh so oh, go- sleep and she sees her family. Yeah, that's what it is. So oh, anyway.
1: She- yeah, yeah. she's she falls asleep in the forest and uh, so they're going into the now they're going they weren't even in the village yet that was outside the village now they're going into the village proper they see some little kids playing skin the fool which might come around later and then we find out that uh, christian has forgotten her birthday which we only learn through pele who did remember her birthday and drew her a really nice picture and so we learn that he goes over to christian and is like dude you fucking forgot her birthday and that's the only reason that he remembers even though he was like oh, I was just waiting for a surprise it, it,
0: Yeah, Christian come on no and also <laughs> right after she's been greeted beautifully by like everyone at the commune she's gotten like hugs from these people there's like flutes and music so it's like a winter like it's like a like Disneyland kind of like kind of like moment where she's like oh the band is playing for me and like all this stuff and then my boyfriend has forgotten my birthday wow um, not great um, yeah and there is a bear in a cage, but we should ignore that
1: bear don 't pay no pay no attention to the bear behind the curtain yeah, ignore the bear mm-hmm. so they all sleep it does seem you know incredibly beautiful, everybody seems very friendly they're all dressed in white, they all look very lovely. they are all sleeping in these uh, big dorms together. They explain how in their in their life that ages are like seasons so you have you sleep in this hall until you're eighteen and then you have thirty six and then fifty four and then seventy two so this is
0: how this village is laid out so yeah. I would say there's maybe 50 people all together yeah it's not super big but it's you know it's definitely tiny um and they talk about also that the festivities that they're having for this particular May Day it's a 9-day feast and that's been 90 years since they've had one like this great feast so this is a big huge deal that they're doing this one um and they also see this guy who's like a little painter who's like a a misshapen person and they're like oh because the community is so small there are some people that are inbred um that do there's some anomalies that happen and we hear a little bit about that um and so there is some some things that you're like oh coming from a small community that are not maybe the most exciting or not exciting but kind of you know A little off-putting, but that's why they bring in sometimes outsiders, too, and there's opportunities, you know, where people who do eventually move in sometimes, too, Um, but there's also the sacred temple and stuff, too, that they have to avoid, um, that they're told not to go into, so... There's a lot of things we learn real fast about this place. Um, sure. And um, we love William Jackson Harper, who I love, who played Cheaty on The Good Place, who is also a big, you know, bookish nerd who's also taking in information and also kind of hopelessly oblivious to <laughs> things that are happening. So, uh, William Jackson Harper doing great at this type of character. Um, I think it's definitely one of his great archetypes that he's so wonderful at. Um, it's just practically taking notes and like, yes, eating it up like a big old nerd. And you're like, oh no, dude, he's like the. Um, What's his face? The Jamie Kennedy character, whatever. Randy. Randy. He's like Randy from Scream. Like, I got, if I have all the information, I still survive. And you're like, oh, I don't know, my friend. No. I do not know. It doesn't know. always work, even though we no. see this is the whole point of this podcast. And
1: yet. And yet, so uh, they have this big rune-shaped table that everybody eats at, and we do have in the dorm that we mentioned uh, another tapestry on the wall that will give us much of the plot and show us what's going on. So now, time for the big celebration. We're going to get some old folks who are the king and queen of the feast, and we're going to take them by palican all the way up this big old fucking mountain. And, you know, they are being celebrated. This is their day. But uh, well, what what does that mean, Terry?
0: Well, when it's your day and you happen to turn a 72, it might be the end of your days. So they are going to go to the top of this beautiful um, cliff uh, overhanging where everyone is standing beautifully in their white, ah, all glorious and smiling because it is their day. When it's your day, you get to jump and land on a freaking rock, right? So when it's your time, it's your time. So um, uh, So to someone who has just witnessed her family death, um, To go take her to a ceremony where uh, things are about to happen. And Josh, um, who is the big nerd, knew what was happening because he understood the languages that they were talking because he has studied this area so much and knew about kind of this ritual that was coming. He was the only one who knew and he was like, oh, OK, I, I'm here, but I know. And he didn't tell the rest of his gang what the fuck was about to happen, which is kind of crazy.
1: Well, would they have believed him, to be honest, no, because no. the woman jumps and she lands on her head and she is out. But the man jumps and he lands on his legs, which are terribly broken, which means that people need to come and now take their turns to smash his face in with a giant mallet out. It wouldn't be Ariaster if you didn't show us every fucking moment of his face being smushed in with a mallet. You know, it's that, it's that, that gore that's like, it's not, it's not a fun Argento gore. It's not a fun Savini gore. This is like gore, gore, where you're like, oh, it's just somebody's face really being smashed in. Well, everybody watches with joy, the whole village.
0: Fucking gorgeous. Um, He nails it. Um, It's beautiful. And it's just interesting looking at the relationships of pagan culture to life and death versus American culture. And I think it's just an interesting conversation about grief. Um, I'm like super into like the thought of like there's like people who do death cafes that like talk about like end of life and all that kind of stuff. I feel like this is a culture that's very like, yes, we have seasons. This is what we do. Why would you want to grow old and like, you know, unable to handle things? Um, Everyone here raises babies together like the baby that was crying the night before. Like we all take care of each other. Um, versus not taking care of each other we also help each other through the end so because they say it'll be a burden to the village to have people that they need
1: to take care of that will now they have they live their lives freely they know your expiration date and Mm -hmm. then you're free to do what you like before then
0: yep so right before yeah they um yeah so they, and they Pele, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pele finds Danny packing because she's
1: like, fuck it out. But he explains to her, hey, you know, my parents died in a fire, but it was okay because I had this community to hold me. And he says that this is a real family, which everybody deserves and what you deserve. And do you feel held by him? Does he
0: feel like home to you? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's asking the big
1: questions. Pele mm-hmm. sees what's up.
0: Yeah. And he's like acknowledging life as a circle, you know, and he's like, you know, talking about like really kind of what that means um, and trying to help her honestly understand her own grief, too. I think he sees that way in for her. Um, and some of the other there are other people that were brought out there by um, Pele's brother of stuff, too, are trying to leave as well. Like there's, you know, um, some of the other folks are, are, are noticing like uh, if that's what's going to happen, like some of the other folks are like are the audience, so to speak, like the conscious are like, what the fuck? just happened. Get me out of here. Did not know I was going to come watch people fucking die. That's yeah. not what I signed up for. I signed up here to do mushrooms and hang out and watch fun like rituals in a freaking um, thing. I did not know the rituals would be people dying. Um, well, they
1: they said rituals. They weren't specific about they were what not. kind. Yeah. You know.
0: And then Christian tells Josh that he wants to do the same thesis on these midsummer traditions after Josh has clearly been taking notes and already had declared his thesis. So now Christian and Josh are at a head with each other. And he's like, no, I already asked Pele. He said I could do it. And he's like, no, well, I asked him. And I, he said I could do it. And they're like, wait, who actually got permission? And so now we see some things more, more of the cracks starting to show between uh, the relationships
1: hmm. So Danny uh, dreams that they leave her behind. Uh, they burn the old folks. Delightful. And then we have the red haired girl, Maya, who will who will become very important to this movie, who puts a rune under Christian's bed. So um, then Mark, who is might be the dubbed the fool of the group ends up peeing on the sacrificial tree, which are the ancestral tree. He
0: does not know it is the ancestral tree. It's where they, they dump all the ashes of everyone who's passed on because they burn them once the bodies are, you know, are deceased. And so they, so literally everyone's ashes, like, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust are on this tree. And he literally pissed on their culture.
1: Yeah, so that they are all not happy with him about that. Now Connie and Simon are trying to leave, but then now they're starting to do this some this kind of weird double talk where they're trying to make Connie believe that Simon left but is coming back for her, and she doesn't make any sense. Why left he without her and went
0: to the train stations. So they're like, "Oh, we'll take you later." And so she's just fully being gaslit. Like you're just like, "Wait, this none of this checks out." Like, and also. The way Pele gave both those guys permission to do, quote unquote, gave them permission, like who knows, um, to do the thesis on this place, Um, even after saying like, hey, you can't take pictures, you can't actually document really what's happening here because a lot of this stuff is sacred. There seems like a lot of questions are already coming up and the kind of "Mm, this place is not what they were sold it to be. Sure, but from Pele's
1: point of view, just let him take all the fiction fucking pictures and do whatever you want because you know they're not making it out anyway. Right. So which is what like he kinda I-
0: does. He's like, okay, fine. It's like, okay, fine. But there are certain places they're not allowed to do stuff for. So, um, but there's also they tell them about the incest. Um, the elders also we find it more that. Oh, because this hot redhead has been talking to Christian. He's kind of like, hey, what's the stipulations here? Uh, Could I, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, what's happening? uh?" So they're like, actually, um, some people do get approved for outside mates because obviously this is a small community and we don't want everyone to be in red necessarily. So there are exceptions sometimes and people do actually, you know, kind of join our community. So. But they
1: do have oracles that are the chosen children of incest, which is the painter that we saw earlier. So Danny go, they get, joins the ladies in the kitchen. They do some meat pie bacon. And in a very uh, Sweeney Todd slash disgusting way uh, – they we're gonna we're gonna get a
0: christian i I was like try the priest baby we love (laughs) sweetie todd here we love bringing sondheim anytime we can into our podcast love you sierra i know you love sondheim as well um and it is just delightful to see meat pies come back in anytime but this meat pie might be a little hairy little hair pie you probably don't want a little pubic hair pie i don't think i want a pubic hair pie but you know sometimes it happens sometimes you're eating pubes but uh, fuck so connie is gone and uh mark gets lured
1: away so now every everything is splintering josh ends up going into the temple in the middle of the night to take pictures of the book he is specifically not supposed to be taking pictures of
0: the one thing he was told not to do the one place don't push the red button man gotta push the fucking button it's all you can think now (laughs) So
1: then he thinks Mark is standing there, but it is actually somebody wearing Mark's face who I'm not entirely clear who it was, but it doesn't matter
0: because Josh is going to get hammered and smooshed anyway. I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's like mmm, chef's kiss. Of course, he goes and fucks it up um, and Connie's gone missing and everything. And, you know, all this stuff, there's a lot of miscommunication, they say, happening as well. So I was like, mis- Midsummer is miscommunication. Um and why would Simon leave without Connie? There's like all these tension among all the visitors who have come. Um, and so and
1: the, the villagers all seem so pleasant. They all really like that never breaks. They fucking have to- toxic
0: positivity the fuck out of you. The gaslighting that is happening with this toxic positivity culture of this commune is terrifying. So um, they um, so it you is, know, have, it is, have lunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is now the day. It is May Day. It
1: is time for some Maypole fun. But first we got to drink this mysterious substance. Don't worry about it. Don't 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 just drink it. We're fine. So they have this uh, you know as we know my motto every movie better with the dance number and boy we get a dance number Maypole fun. It, it does look fun, man. But basically the idea is just last man standing is going to win the May Queen prize. So you got to dance as hard as you can. But they haven't Really explain that to her. So she's just dancing. She doesn't know. She's like, oh, we're just dancing. She has no idea that there's actually this prize that she's. It's an endurance. Win. Yep. It's
0: and an I don't endurance know death. if
1: they let her win or she genuinely wins. I think she genuinely wins, but it's unclear because they want her to stay. So I'm not really. They let sure. her
0: win. They let her win. Um and um hands down um and they you know had her drink this like mushroomy tea too. So she's like fervently dancing, just like drugged out blissed out you know just having a good time but she also notices um christian who's been like fixating on um this redhead um they do make him drink the tea too like while they're sitting down and watching um the ceremony happened because it's all the women who are dancing and um he's being definitely you know lured in but he also is like they're fucking with me but he can't do anything about it he's just like well i gotta drink this tea to be a part of this culture or just, you know, it's not, you can't really say no to these people. They're literally toxic positivity in the shit out of him too. Um, And he gets pulled away during this to have a meeting with one of the elder women. And she asks him about Maya. He's like, Hey, I noticed you've been, uh, I saw you from across the bar and we noticed you've been (laughs) checking out our daughter. Um, (laughs) She's pretty hot. Uh, What do you think? And he's like, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I think she's hot. And she says, well, actually we do approve mates sometimes and you have actually been approved to mate with her. So, um, if you would like to do that, yeah. She threw pubic hair in your, in your pie. He's like, oh, okay. So I wasn't like imagining that I ate pubes and, and uh, drank some
1: of her menstrual blood, but we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're cool with that. Yep. But I think, I think the, the pervy vision he has in his head is not exactly what's going to happen because he could, he's going to, uh, I would say that this is one of the most awkward sex scenes i can think of like uncomfortable and disturbing and you don't know if he's going to die at any time like really like not only like just the whole like the whole scene but thinking of it from his point of view which is like just you would be because he's clearly on drugs and he doesn't know what's happening and it's just they've he i mean he's getting his comeuppance and he clearly deserves it and that's what makes it so delicious
0: it's a beautiful thing when you are a bad bad man and you are fucking to your death and you're like is this ecstasy am i dead am i awake is this real i don't know i'm on drugs here we go so he is surrounded by all the women of basically of the um town or of the of the colony here um who are all naked various ages um while he is on a bed of like greenery um with uh, Maya in her and she's not doesn't really even seem into him but he's like, well, it's a hole I've been dreaming of this whole trip in it, trying to get it. And um, it is whew, brutal. Yeah, the brutal so there's sex scene and some, they're singing and they're holding singing her and
1: hand like touching him and pushing him and he's he's looking like he doesn't look like he's having a lot of fun and yet having fun at the same time you know it's one of those things where you're not in the oh, moment you're in pain like, do i mm-hmm. like this do i not like this we don't know uh danny however discovers them and leaves crying where we have a scene of her sobbing with all of the village girls who are with her sobbing with her which is both, I see that I see what they're doing, and I see the comfort of other people are with you sharing your pain. But it's also kind of horrifying. And she looks like she doesn't know if she likes it or not. And it's all it's it's a grief
0: on top of grief. It's very unusual, and it's very I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's cult tactics. It's called mirroring, and it's one of oh. those things. Yeah. Um. Yay. Hi, cult survivors. Um. But yeah, and so it's just one of those things where like um. To help somebody kind of exercise that thing, it also makes it feel less because other people are carrying that with you. And so it's a way for you to kind of just like you know, go through that motion. So this is you're great. You have all my cult knowledge. You have all
1: my religion knowledge. Those are those are your specialties.
0: One and the same thing. Um so um that is why. Um so um yeah and so it's very interesting to see to see that. And it is that kind of book like I said that what we call love bombing, that toxic positive thing where you're like, okay, we're gonna help you go through it and you're passed through it. So she goes through it. And it's one of those scenes I think that we see, you know, see on the posters a lot or see, you know, on on images of it from this film beforehand that I was like I knew that was coming and the keening together and all that, that is, can be very cathartic for a person, but I don't think it really is for her. She's just like, well, I'm here. Um, I've gone through literally the worst pain of everything. She's literally lost everything at this point. She's lost her entire family. She just literally just saw the last kind of nail in the coffin, so to speak, of her boyfriend leaving her as well. Um, He's already lost to this, this path. So um, as the queen of the May, they have a big old meal. And this is after, you know, kind of, you know, I'm sorry, the meal already happened. So after that, she they have a flower path for him that leads him to a bear.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, there is now he is discovering what's going to happen. So they've they've given him the dr- a drug that will he is paralyzed cannot speak, but he can see and hear. So he is just you're going to be there, you're going to be awake for all of this, and you're going to feel what it feels like. So they have, they built this giant temple, which is very lovely, of course. And there, uh, Josh is planted, and they find Josh planted in the garden. Uh, Simon is flayed in this, uh,
0: spectacular we just see his issue. leg planted in the garden. We don't know where the rest of his body may or may not be. Way or may not be. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: this this is a very hellraiser way to kill somebody. Where I think I've, I read about it because I'm going to do yeah, research for you guys. I read uh, too. Yeah.
0: yeah, Oh yeah. Uh,
1: splitting the ribs from the back and then pulling the lungs back through the back to make wings in a way, mm-hmm. which is yeah, beautiful and uh, fucking horrific. And people they butterfly that out. fillet.
0: It's a, called like a butterfly fillet, and um, the way we'll that, figure we- that out.
1: What's wrong with people? <laughs>
0: Well, oh my God, humans have been around for a little bit and we've I realized know. different ways to torture slash display dead bodies. Oh, so sure, the thing sure about do. it is, though, is because it's the lungs and because of the drugs that Christian is on, he sees this and he's like, oh, he thinks that he sees the lungs kind of like breathing because he's like delusional right now under these drugs. Or like maybe that. he is. Or maybe he's maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe at he is this still point. alive. Mm hmm. Uh, so
1: if we find out there are going to be nine sacrifices. Um, some are voluntary, some are lottery style. And Danny, as the May Queen, gets to choose. Do you want to be somebody from the village or do you want it to be Christian? And the, you know, there's the- they Make there's a case for that. each one
0: of them. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's like, well, you know, that's fine. So a Christian gets uh, sewed into the bear suit that we uh, saw from the bear, or ignore that bear earlier, from the cage. And they're going to burn that motherfucker to the ground with him inside. And, uh, you know, as you know, one of the most iconic shots of in, that we have from this movie is her at the end. And we've seen her. Her face has been so sad this entire movie. And I don't think we've ever seen her smile. And this is the smile. And it's the smile of, I think, freedom and justice and hope maybe that the, now
0: she has a family. I don't even know if it's that. It's that thing where you get that silly laugh sometimes where it's like, could it be worse?
1: (laughs) Oh, really? Is that what you think? I think
0: she's genuinely happy. Awful, but wonderful at the same time. Like, I think I don't know if she's genuinely happy. I do. Um, I feel
1: like she feels like she's like, okay. she had nothing. Right. And now here, at least she knows she
0: has a community and she has family. She has nothing to go home to anyway. Yeah. There's fucking nothing. I think it's just like, okay, like I felt like life was a joke and it's fucking nothing. And that Um, he
1: was helping me, but actually he was just hindering me and and he gets what he deserves. And like uh, hereditary, uh, you know, hereditary so much of it is just Alex Wolff's face right you're mm-hmm. just getting this film through his eyes and the same thing with Florence Pugh where so much of this movie is just her face and this you know tremendous sorrow that she carries that she does so well i don't know if you've seen the pictures of her she's dressed up as danny for halloween a couple of times and the face that she does where it's she's mocking her own face as the sad face where you it's, it's not she's not just doing the sad face it's like her making 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 fun of it it's really delightful so if you haven't seen those pictures i love her so
0: much she's such a smart fucking ass. i just want to hang out with her um she just seems so cool um but her Um, smile is it it is everything and it's beautiful i mean and she's wearing you know obviously we guys have all seen the flower crown and the full flower regalia and i feel like the halloween costumes that everyone has you know so many people have have you know um Reference this and use this because the image is just so stunning. Um, but sometimes, you know, you just gotta go and join a cult and see your boyfriend, your you know ex boyfriend burn in, in freaking you know bear suit and his friends um, who have been human sacrifices as well, filleted and ceremonial ceremonially placed um, along with your new friend's brother <laughs> as a sacrifice into. Yeah, but it's okay. You know what? <laughs> it's it's, it's a interesting temple. that we can we can interpret
1: the smile in different ways. Right? Yeah um and and i would just like to mention as an odd uh, song and choice for this movie is the sun Not you going to shine anymore by the walker brothers which is a fantastic song but it's such a weird it's a pop song right so it, it takes like i don't think of ari Aster, i think of pop songs and, like it kind of threw me off and i was like wait what and like so that makes it feel like it is kind of like it's kind of i don't know what
0: that's about like
1: is it a happy song and is it a sad song it's kind of a weird song I don't know. It's a Bella R.S. R.S. moment
0: where I love a little beautiful sounding song that's kind of a little sad. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just that thing where, uh, kind of similar to Wicker Man, I guess, too, where I felt like You know, obviously, this movie owes a lot to Wicker Man because it's very, very Bible, you know, similar and and, and kind of, you know, asks some of the same questions and also leaves, you know, with a a, a bunch of people burning in, you know, an effigy Um, at the end, you know, burning, burnt alive. And there is kind of that thing of like, even though everyone's got that happy face on, is it happy? Is it sad? Is it just the freedom of like, none of it matters? Let it go. You know, Um, I felt a sense of freedom at the end of this movie and I uh, fucking loved it.
1: Yeah, well, this is the point of 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 when you care about characters or don't care about them, if you root for characters to get their their just desserts, and they do, that's always a delightful part of watching horror movies. Yeah. So, uh, gore factor. Yeah. One, it's not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. This is definitely a five. You have people leaping, swishing their heads, all sorts of things.
0: You got lung fillets, baby. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Um, so you knew this was going to be a five. It's Ari Aster. I mean, I don't think that uh, he does anything else. Um uh, movie ratings: Chainsaw is one if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse seen better. Four not too shabby. Five fantastic oracle. Um, I Abby, mean, this is a five for me. I, um, even though I prefer Hereditary out of these weird culty culty movies. Um, ugh, yeah. I mean, how do you making the daylight and the sunshine the most terrifying thing? stark white like just yeah it's, it's super impressive i mean but like how do you survive this movie right well um you probably just when someone says like do you want to go be a part of my family's pagan traditions in the middle <laughs> you probably say no Ooh,
1: That's it's, it's hard horror movies hem you in so much with these with these rules so i surprisingly okay so i also gave this movie a five and because so that's a all around five ding ding ding
0: because Ooh, ding, i see your horn mm-hmm.
1: I see. I see how great it is. I and I, I can't give it. I can't fault it. There, I can't find fault with it. There, I can't. There's nothing about it that I can say this is wrong. This doesn't fit, except maybe the end sequence num- song. Other than that, I. So even though I don't ever, ever, ever want to watch it again, I also think it's very, very, very well done. So that is how I feel about Ari Aster. I don't want to watch his movies, but he's a
0: fucking genius. How about that? I love it. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. And then I'd, I'll just watch them myself or find other friends who are excited. Like I know our friend, horror design chick, Shannon McGrew, who loves Ari Aster and loves this particular right. film, especially to well. an hereditary. She's an hereditary tattoo, which I'm just obsessed with. We love you, Shannon. Um, so I, I am cute. in the
1: minority. I understand that. I, I'm sure I will get no, sure. for this, but this is how I feel.
0: Julia, it's okay. I feel like you are like my classic horror bitch and you love classic stuff. And I'm like, I love a lot of the newer stuff. And I feel like that's where sometimes we like, you know, have our have our stuff. And I adore you so much. And I'm so glad you watch this movie with me for me and for the for the people because that have asked multiple times. It's one of the ones like even when we're out and about, like in IRL, people have asked us, please cover this movie. So um we hope you
1: we hope you enjoyed it and we do it our we Mm -hmm. get our honest opinions about Mm -hmm. how we feel about this movie so you can tell us how you feel about it please on twitter facebook and instagram you can find us there i will talk to you about this all day long terry will as well we also have a teespring store we also have a patreon there are lots of ways to support us there are just three independent ladies doing this on our own so uh sisters doing that up for themselves all the women
0: independent throw your <laughs> coins up at us okay um we really appreciate you guys have a wonderful week we'll be back with more um more more madness and folk horror um yeah. coming up for the next couple of weeks so join us for more of that if you're into it and um you have a wonderful wonderful week um Thank you hope for you listening. guys get to smile as big as Florence Pugh one day seeing her boyfriend burn in a bear suit That's <laughs> <laughs> all we can ask for in life Terry really literally that's it okay <laughs> bye
1: Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Rhine. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horrormoviesurvivalguide.